This episode is sponsored by Anchor, the official host of Wellness and Wanderlust. Anchor is the easiest way to create your dream podcast. With Anchor, you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other popular podcast apps. You can even make money from your podcast using Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop with everything you need to make a podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 17 of Wellness and Wanderlust. And thank you to everyone who has been a part of this journey with me. I'm so grateful to have all of you here. This has been such a great experience being able to connect with you in this way. And before we get started, I just wanted to acknowledge, you know, January has been such a wild month. So I wanted to send all of the love and healing vibes to everyone who has just been feeling it lately. If you're overwhelmed by the current events taking place in this country right now, we knew that 2021 wasn't going to be like flipping a switch after how turbulent 2020 was, but even just that knowledge doesn't always make things easier. So I wanted to first just acknowledge those feelings and share my hope for a brighter future ahead. I am right there alongside you. Now, today's topic is one that many of our listeners have requested from the very beginning of this show, so I'm really excited to introduce our guest for today. Kayla Rogers is the founder of Unrooted Mama, which is a blog and podcast that focuses on eco-friendly living and small shifts that we can make in our lives. In this episode, Kayla and I talk about easy, sustainable swaps we can make in our households, the power of minimalism, how to offset the extra waste we might create during a pandemic, and so much more. We also discuss how we can live more sustainably in an apartment complex or somewhere else where recycling or composting options just aren't as readily available. So that was really helpful for me living in an apartment and wanting to live a more sustainable life. I had such a blast chatting with Kayla, and I also had the honor of joining her on last week's episode of the Unrooted Mama podcast. We had a really fantastic conversation about self-care during stressful times, so make sure you check it out. And for those of you who are coming over from the Unrooted Mama podcast, welcome. I'm so excited to have you join us and can't wait to share this week's episode. So enough from me. Without further ado, let's dive in. Hey, Kayla. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Why don't you tell our listeners a little about yourself? Hey, so my name is Kayla Rogers. I am the voice behind the Unrooted Mama podcast, and I am a 26-year-old mom to two. I am currently living in North Carolina, married to my high school sweetheart. And right now I have a podcast that helps women live more eco-friendly lives Um, by making small changes in their habits, mindsets, and home. So that's just kind of a little brief overview. I think that's awesome. I think that in a year like this, we could all stand to make those small changes. I think 
those small changes are really what make those big shifts. I'd love to know where the name Unrooted Mama came from. Yeah. So honestly, last December, I was like, you know what? I'm bored with just being a mom and not really doing anything for me. So I wanted to start a blog and I had no idea what it was going to be about. So I literally, for like a week, I was trying to think of a name and the name Unrooted came to me because um, growing up, my dad was in the army and now I'm married to a service member. So I guess all my life, I felt like I haven't really had strong roots. So initially it was because of that, because I feel like I'm kind of just unrooted and all over the place. But then as I started diving into like the message and I really figured out what did I, what I wanted my blog and podcast to be about unrooted was kind of just, it fit perfectly with, I guess the message behind what I teach, which is unrooting yourself from the societal norms of materialism and overconsumption in order to live a more sustainable and simple and eco-friendly life. So that's kind of why the name is stuck around. And mama is just on there because I also talk about motherhood a little bit and because, you know, I'm a mom and that's a big part of everything that I do, I guess. But yeah, so that's kind of the, where it started and then where it ended up going with the name unrooted. I love that. I'd love to know how you first got into this world of sustainable living. Yeah, definitely. So um, it's been a long time coming, but growing up, my parents were very, not nature oriented, but we always were doing a lot of outdoor activities. So I feel like a love of the environment and of nature was instilled in me from a really young age. And I ended up going to like an environmental summer camp. And so when I got to college, I was like, I really don't know what I want to do with my life. And I ended up, I started out in like elementary school education because I was just so confused and I ended up completely shifting into earth society and environmental sustainability. So I ended up getting a bachelor's degree, pretty much all about sustainability and society and the interaction between those two. So I ended up getting my bachelor's in like a sustainable living related field. And so as I I kind of wanted to go into a job where I would be doing environmental protection and something with sustainable living. And then I ended up having kids and getting married instead of doing that. So um, that's kind of where I was like, okay, well, if I'm not going to be protecting the environment by getting into a really intense job like that, then how can I make these changes at home, at least on a small scale? So that's what really got me started with sustainable living because I wanted to help in any way that I can. So I started just kind of shifting gears as to even if it's just in my household and with my family, what can I do to lower our environmental waste and live more sustainably and just kind of shift everything to a little bit more eco-friendly? I think that's awesome. And I think that you are, you know, saving the planet in that way. Thank Um, you. Yeah, with what you're doing at home. And then you're sharing Mm -hmm. that with so many listeners and readers Mm -hmm. of the blog. And I'd love to know, you know, I think many of our listeners are interested in becoming more eco-friendly in their own lives. What can we do to get started? There's so much information out there and it can be really daunting to figure (laughs) out where do we get started? Yes, no, definitely. It it really is. And that's why I created the podcast because I feel like when I started trying to live more eco-friendly, all of the research that I would do would be, you have to go vegan. You have to be 
completely zero waste. And it's really overwhelming when you first try to start out on that journey, because it feels like if you don't go in 100%, that it won't be doing anything and you won't be making an impact. So I always tell people that just remember that the small things matter and to take it one step at a time. But I always say that you have to address your mindset first. And so you have to like think about why you want to live more eco-friendly and really just get into that mindset of pulling yourself out of those these norms that are normal in our society, but harmful for the environment. So kind of get in the mindset that you don't want to just go with the grain and live, um, I, I don't know, with the current culture, if that makes sense. And then after you kind of address the mindset thing, I like to look at your habits So try to focus on habits that, or not focus, but I guess uncover habits that are harmful to the environment or creating excess waste, like shopping a lot. Or for me, it's like eating out a lot. And every time that we go get fast food, there's like napkins and straws and so much plastic and so much stuff that ends up going in the trash. So after you address your mindset, I think that it's best to look at those habits and see where you can kind of start shifting those habits in order to start creating less waste and being more eco-friendly overall. And then of course, figuring out how you can convert your house to a little bit more eco-friendly by different um, sustainable swaps. Can you tell our listeners what some of those swaps are that are easy to make and maybe a little less intimidating than, you know, going completely plant-based and. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I know. Again, it's very confusing. And I feel like a lot of people, when they decide that they want to live more eco-friendly, they look on Amazon and end up like spending hundreds of dollars on like reusable bags and like different containers and just a million different things. And then a lot of people end up not using half of it. So I always say that it's best to make one change at a time, especially when it comes to these swaps. That way you can give like you and your family time to adjust. So if, so I have a free unrooted living guide and in there I give my five favorite sustainable swaps that are cheap and easy. So you guys can get that at unrootedmama.com slash guide. But I'll tell you here, I guess what my first, my favorite two or three are, because I don't want to just tell you like a million different swaps, but my absolute favorite sustainable swap ever, which this is one of the first ones that I did in my house. And it's the first thing that I tell everybody to do because I'm just obsessed with them. But instead of using paper towels in our house, we use flower sack towels, which I'm not sure if you've ever seen them, but they're like, you can buy them at Walmart or Target, but they're pretty much like big, thin kitchen towels, I guess, like they're in the kitchen towel section. And I cut them up into four pieces usually. And they're super, super absorbent. And they last like forever because they're pretty good quality usually. Or I mean, they're like thin, but mine have lasted me probably three or four years now. So the first one that I did is changing the flower sack towels. And that's what we use instead of paper towels now. And I feel like when we used to use paper towels, we would just create so much waste. And like every time that we would clean the kitchen, we'd be using like 10 paper towels to wipe down the counters and stuff. So definitely changing to some kind of reusable paper towel has been my absolute favorite sustainable swap so far. And then my second one is reusable grocery bags because I feel like regular, like the plastic grocery bags are just so wasteful and it's so, so easy now. Like every single store has their own version of reusable bags that you can buy. 
So I literally have like five different kinds of reusable bags and I have compact ones that I put in my purse. I have like the big giant ones that I take to the grocery store. And yeah, so those are probably my two favorite are the reusable paper towels and reusable grocery bags. I love that. I think especially for me with all of the Instacart that I'm doing right now, I have so many plastic bags sitting around and I, you know, I try to reuse them when I can, but even if it's not single use plastic, it ends up being maybe two times and then it's, you know, going to go to the landfill or the ocean or. Yeah, I understand that. And I know a lot of people are doing like grocery delivery and I don't think you even have the option to do like reusable bag with that. And that's kind of just something that comes along with the pandemic. But like, I guess as we shift back into normal life and start shopping more in person again, yeah, reusable bags are, I guess, something to at least keep in the car just in case. Do you have any tips for people right now during the pandemic? Because, you know, we are doing a lot more takeout and maybe having things delivered in ways where, you know, maybe there's a lot more disposable stuff going on. Any ways we can offset that? Yeah. So for at least for some of them, I know a lot of places just kind of, at least with like groceries, you kind of have to get the reusable bags. I think some stores let you choose paper, which is a little bit better because then you can reuse those or like use the paper bags for gift wrapping or even like water down the um, like the paper bags and then compost them or disintegrate them and put them in your backyard if that (laughs) doesn't sound too crazy for you. Um, But if you can't do that, then at least like when you order takeout, most stores you can call them and say, hey, like I don't need any extra napkins or forks or straws. So that's what we usually do. We definitely have not stopped like eating out or anything, but we've tried to like cut back, I guess, or shop a little bit smarter. And then when we do like go in person, I always try to decline the straw and decline the extra like packages of um, like silverware and things like that. So those are some small things that you can do. But I also think so something really important to address is that it's okay. Like you don't have to be perfect in every single area of your life. So if you're trying to make your home a little bit more eco-friendly and lower the waste that your household produces, it's okay, especially right now during the pandemic. If you just give yourself grace and give yourself time to like shift to a more eco-friendly life. So I would just say, you know, do what you can and what you feel good about doing but also don't stress yourself out and put too many expectations on yourself. It's okay if you just shift like one thing at a time in your household and slowly like start shifting those habits. And hopefully when the pandemic craziness is over, then, you know, we won't have to do as much Instacart and grocery delivery and all of that, but definitely give yourself a lot of grace and don't expect you to go from the normal life that you're living to 100% zero waste overnight. That definitely makes sense. I do think we're in a time where it really it's it's hard. It's um it but it's also not going to be like this forever and it's you know, it's kind of an extenuating circumstance for now. Um if it is like this in a couple of years, maybe we have to worry a little more, but <laughs> true, hopefully not. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Yeah. And I think, you know, you kind of touched on this with, you know, making our homes more eco-friendly. We're really a society of people who buy too much. We consume quite a bit. And you talk a lot about minimalism on your podcast and on your blog. And I'd love to know what are some things we can do to be a little more minimalist next year? 
or in the new year? Besides like sustainability and eco-friendly stuff, minimalism is my absolute favorite thing in the world to talk about. But I definitely agree with that, that especially since we're home more, a lot of us have been like over-consuming and not in the pandemic, but like all of our lives just, you know, over-consumption and all of these societal norms. And we end up accumulating so much clutter. And so I think it's just really important to try if you feel cluttered in your space or you feel like you're not happy or you're always cleaning, you know, and you're not happy with how your house looks and how it feels. I really think that almost everybody out there can declutter some of their things. So whenever you think about, you know, all of the things that you have in your house, everything that takes up your space takes up your time. And when you realize how much joy your clutter can steal, it becomes so freeing to slowly get rid of some of that clutter and let go of some of those possessions. So of course, I think that it's important to address your mindset. And if you do have a, like an issue with, you know, that you shop too much or you just buy too much stuff that ends up just accumulating clutter around your house, it's good to like, you know, try to stop shopping as much and buying as much, but then also going through your house and really figuring out like, what do I actually use? What is actually adding any kind of value to my life or my family's life and everything that's not worthy of taking up your time and your mental energy, just letting go of. So for me, the first time that I like decluttered, I literally took like two car loads to the thrift store because we had accumulated like so much stuff that we didn't use. We didn't even really like anymore. And it was just taking up all the space in our home. And it feels so good when you finally start to let go of that. So I definitely think, especially with more people staying at home, looking at what you have around your house and then decluttering what you can is so, so important. And it can help you so much in terms of mindset and just really kind of get you out of the norm of needing so much stuff, which is one of the whole things that I talk about, about pulling yourself out of the societal norms of materialism and overconsumption. And one of the first ways that you can really do that is by learning to live with less. So that's kind of at least my take on minimalism is not having to like live in a bare white boring house with like three pairs of jeans and five shirts, but more just clearing out the stuff that doesn't add value to your life in order to see everything else more clearly. I think that's so important for just having more intention really in your living space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I know for me, I feel like I have a physical response to the amount of stuff that I have sometimes. Um, I am a victim of hand-me-downs with a lot of family members having moved recently and family members that are also decluttering and somehow the stuff ends up back here. And definitely as a New Year's resolution, becoming a little more minimalist, not overbuying if I don't need to, and really being more intentional. So I think that really is so valuable and so important. I did get one listener question. I think that a lot of times... You know, for some of us, we live on our own and we're able to make these changes, implement them into our lives, you know, with our own buy-in. But how do you get buy-in from, you know, if you live with family and whether it's with children or maybe even one of our listeners had asked how can she get her parents to stop drinking out of plastic bottles every day? So what are your recommendations for getting, um, you know, family, loved one buy-in? 
Yeah, no, definitely. That was something I am married and I have two kids. So that was one thing that I really struggled with because I'm very passionate about like, you know, the environment and sustainability. My husband really doesn't care as much. So when I first said, hey, stop throwing this stuff in the trash, we're going to recycle from now on. He was like, what? So, okay, the way that I approached it personally, I felt like if I pushed it on him too hard and I was, yeah, just too pushy about it in general, I didn't want him to start feeling like, I guess, not angry towards me, but just hesitant to help and, you know, build up that animosity with him just being like angry that I keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And I felt like that would just cause more restraint on it. So I pretty much came at it from a standpoint of, hey, I this stuff is very, very important to me. So I am going to start taking stuff to the recycling center every week. You don't have to do anything except I just asked you to not throw this stuff in the trash. And same thing like when I started composting, I was like, hey, I'm going to go out there with your power drill and build a compost bin in the backyard. You literally don't have to do anything. I'm just letting you know. So I started making these changes and I did not push it on him at all. And then slowly he was like, wait, like what can be composted? And he, you know, he was like, wait, do you have to rinse those recyclables out? Like, do we have to sort them? So I didn't push him at first. And after maybe a week or two of making each change, he would really just start to be curious about it and like, but why are you doing this? And so I would slowly, I guess, build him up to it. And he would just be able to take in everything that I was doing and then come around to it at his own, on his own like terms, if that makes sense. And now we're kind of at the point where I wouldn't say he cares about it as much as I do, but he's like fully on board with pretty much everything that I do in terms of the eco-friendly stuff around the house. Um, So that's my biggest tip. Don't push it too hard, but explain like, hey, I'm doing this because it's very, very important to me. I would love if you would get on board, but if not, I'm fine doing everything by myself. And hopefully slowly, whether it's your spouse or your kids or your parents, hopefully they catch on. I guess it's a little bit different with kids. Like if you're the parent, because my kids are really, really small, but if I had teenagers, I would straight up say, hey, we're going to be good people. We're going to help the environment. You do what I say, But, but at least with like parents and spouses, just slowly, hopefully letting them warm up to it, in my opinion, is the best way to go about it. That makes sense. And yeah, for, for young kids like yours, you're, you know, you're setting an example, you're serving as a role model and they're seeing that at such an early age that they'll see that as the norm by the time they're old enough to be making decisions about that. So I think that's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's the goal. Hopefully (laughs) when he grows up and his college roommate starts throwing, you know, his plastic Coke bottles in the trash can, my son is like, no, go take that to the recycling in the dorm right now. (laughs) Now, a question I have is someone who lives in an apartment where we don't have recycling. Um, I'm not sure if composting is possible where I'm at. What are some things that people living in apartment complexes can do if we have a little bit less control over our environment but still really want to you know, make those changes? Yeah, definitely. So depending on where you live, I actually just found out about an app. If you like to like collect your fruit and veggie scraps and you would like to compost, If you have like any outdoor space, like a balcony or something, it's possible to do like a little mini compost bin almost on your balcony with um, any kind of Rubbermaid container. So that's one that I actually plan on doing here because we just moved to a place with a really small backyard. But another thing, let me get the app. There's this app that you can 
put in your location and it actually tells you if anybody in your area is currently accepting scraps for compost. And then it tells you like what kind of scraps they accept. It's called share waste. And so you literally just like put in your zip code and it will show you like in a 30 mile radius, I think, where all the places are that accept compost. And I don't really live anywhere that I guess has a lot of farms. So I didn't expect anything to pop up. But I think in in like the nearest 15 minutes from me, there was four different places that popped up that I could go take compost. So that's what I'm doing right now. And that's always an option in terms of composting. And then for recycling, um, pretty much the same thing. You can go to howtorecycle.info and it will pull up a list of recycling centers in your area. So even if where you live doesn't offer recycling, this is what me and my husband used to do because at our old house, there was no like recycling bin that came with the trash. So we would just figure out where the closest recycling center was that took like aluminum and cardboard and plastic. And then we would drive it to the recycling center and they would just accept everything and take all of the recycling for us. So if you feel guilty about not recycling, that's a really good option because at least, especially if you live in an area um, that's more populated, there's usually at least a few like recycling centers that are accepting different recycling items. That's awesome. I will definitely link all of those in the show notes for for listeners. Like the, I'll send you the websites and stuff. But then besides that, um, I would just say that focus on the swaps that you can make in your house because there are a lot of things that are out of your control and that are just not possible for some people. And, um, you know, just don't feel guilty about what you can't do because at the end of the day, they're not one individual has to feel guilty about climate change. It's, you know, the big fossil fuel polluters and government officials. That's who should be taking the brink of this. So you don't have to feel like guilty or feel like super bad that you can't do, you know, whatever it is in your area. So just focus on, you know, if there's sustainable swaps that seem easy to implement into your lifestyle, that's what I would probably start with first. That's awesome. I definitely am going to be looking into all of those because but being in an apartment complex, there's there's a lot that's outside of my control, but we're in a fairly populated area. We're um, you know, a little suburb north of Orlando. So there have to be plenty of recycling centers around. And so looking into some of those resources to really hone in on where I can go. And mm-hmm. I know it's like a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of extra work when it's not readily available where you live, which is crazy to me because I've lived so many different places overseas and pretty much every other country that I've lived in, it's you will get fined if you don't recycle every single thing that can be recycled. And then in the US, it's like, oh, you know, you don't live in an area where it's super easy and you don't get a recycling bin. Okay, (laughs) throw all of your stuff in the truck. You know, it's crazy to me that it's not more regulated in the US. And it's very like frustrating to be someone that wants to make the changes and you literally just can't or you don't know how because you know it's not something that's just really the norm here. Yeah, that's completely crazy to me that it isn't the norm, especially because we do see climate change and we see all of you know all of these things taking place and you know having those recycle bins it is such a simple thing that we could have. I'm sure there's a lot more logistically that I'm not thinking of with that, but you know, just something that's not the norm. It, it is really sad because I think we are a pretty wasteful society and it's it's a simple thing 
at least as consumers, for us to be able to at least separate those items. And so um, so it's a shame that that's not more readily available, but still nice to have resources out there so that we can, you know, make the effort. Because I think there are a lot of people out there that want to, they just don't really know where they should get started and what they should be doing. Yeah, definitely. Now, I would love to switch gears and ask you a few of our rapid fire questions so our listeners can get to know you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So our first question, what is your top wellness tip? Okay. So it's not, I guess this isn't my forte, but I think for me, my, the most important thing when it comes to my wellness, at least mentally has been practicing gratitude. So that has just been, you know, the times where mentally I feel, I guess, unwell (laughs) would be when I'm letting gratitude fall off the wayside. So for me, the top thing that I have to do to stay well, and that's the most important when it comes to wellness is to stay in the mindset of gratitude. And on days where I'm just super stressed or I feel overwhelmed and like things are out of my control, trying to shift back gears and put myself into that like grateful, abundant mindset and think of every single thing that I am grateful for. It really, at least for me, puts my mental state in such a better climate, I guess. And it makes me feel so much better every time that I do anything with gratitude. I think that's such a good point. I know that I find when I'm not practicing gratitude, a lot of times those are the times I'm more stressed out. I'm finding more faults in things that I might not normally find fault in. So I think that's something we don't think about enough. That's really great, great advice. Now, where is your favorite travel destination? Oh my gosh, definitely. I'm not sure if you ever heard of it, but Malta. It's where um, my family, at least my great grandma and my great grandpa came from. So like my whole mom's side of the family is just completely Maltese and pretty much for our whole lives, my mom was like, I want to go travel to Malta. So when my dad was stationed in Germany, we finally got the opportunity opportunity to go to Malta for the first time as a family. And it's, if any of the listeners don't know, it's pretty much a little, or a set of three islands off the coast um, in the Mediterranean, like kind of underneath Italy, I guess. And it's just the most beautiful islands ever. Like the water is crystal blue and teal. And yeah, it's just completely beautiful. It was an amazing trip, but that's 100% my most favorite place to travel. That sounds beautiful. I need to add that to my travel list. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. I miss travel. Yeah. (laughs) Same. Now, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Oh gosh, this one's so hard for me. I want to say a bird and I feel like I've always said a sloth before and I didn't really know why. I just felt like it was my like, you know, my animal. But honestly, I think I would be a barn swallow. And (laughs) literally the only reason I think that is because there was a nest of barn swallows outside my front door like last fall I think is when they had their nest or last spring and one night I walked outside and like the mom barn swallow just hopped on top of the nest and like stared me dead in the eye for like 45 seconds as I was going to take the trash out and I was like I feel like 
that barn swallow was me. Like I feel maybe I reincarnate and turned into that barn swallow. And I was like, oh my God, that's my, that's me. (laughs) That's Kayla. But anyway, yeah. So I guess a barn swallow, but only because of that one interaction. (laughs) I love that though. I do sometimes you'll run into, you know, you'll see animals and you'll have that Mm -hmm. connection that you Yes. It was just like this soul connection. I was like, what just happened? (laughs) Yeah. It was so weird. There was a cat in my neighborhood about a year ago that used to follow me and I would, I would talk to it and it would look like, it looked like we were having a conversation and that's amazing. I'm more of a dog person, but that cat was my kindred spirit. And I swear we were together in another life. Yes. That's exactly how I felt about this bird. And now every time I see anything with a barn swallow on it, I'm like, I need to get that. Yes. Now, what is your favorite show to binge? Oh, this is so hard, but I guess, so like, I always am going through a season of like watching something different, but overall, probably my favorite show to binge has been Outlander. (laughs) I'm not sure if you've watched it. And I, it's weird because I've never liked anything like historical fiction really, but I was just obsessed with the Outlander to the point where like I watched all of it and then I was like, babe, you have to watch this. And then I rewatched the whole series with my husband. But yeah, I just, I love Outlander. I don't know why. That's amazing. I got to get caught up. I loved the story. I'm a little squeamish. And so that was a little hard, but the story itself and um, the guy is good looking too, which is kind of nice. Yeah. And like the song, the opening song, it just, every time I just want to like get into that. (laughs) I think the song is in a commercial for something too. And I heard it and I thought it was Outlander. I'm like, I don't have Netflix on. And so on a similar note, what is your favorite social distancing activity? Um, for me, at least recently, cause we just moved houses. So right now it would <laughs> probably as nerdy as this sounds be decluttering, decluttering and like rearranging or redecorating my house. Like, and I guess house plants, which that kind of goes along with that. But for me, as soon as like social distancing started and the whole COVID thing took off, I really just started focusing on my house and like making my house my oasis. So I just got like a ton of boho furniture and like I literally have like 37 house plants and really just making my home a place that I absolutely love to walk into. Um, and especially now that we moved, I feel like I hate everything in my house because it doesn't look exactly like my old house did. <laughs> so every time that I'm like, I'm bored, we just have to sit at home. I'm like, no, get up and start moving furniture and hang some stuff up on the walls. And yeah, so that's my current favorite social distancing activity. That is so cool. What kind of house plants do you have? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I guess like all of them, like um, my two favorites are my silver pothos and my um, lemon lime. Maranta, which is a prayer plant, but I, I literally just, I have so many different kinds of house plants. That's awesome. I, I mean, I think that there's so much to, you know, we are stuck at home, so might as well love where you're at. I think after about two months of being here and it was starting to get warmer outside, that was when I finally set up the porch furniture got that area set up the way I wanted. And so I totally know where you're coming from. I think there's something so relaxing about decluttering once you have an area cleared. And yeah, it literally, it's, it becomes so therapeutic, especially like it's kind of stressful the first time that you start to declutter, 
because it it's hard to let go of stuff. But then when you actually drop it off at the thrift store or like put it in the back of your car and you realize how empowering it feels to let go of like that shirt that your grandma gave you 10 years ago that you keep looking at in your closet and you're like, I hate that, but you never actually put it in the donate bag. When you finally see those things like buy, just leave your life. It's so empowering and just exciting. And so then every time that you declutter after that and every item that you throw into the bag or the laundry bin or something, you're like, yes, yes, bye. (laughs) You don't belong in my house. But for me, it's exciting. (laughs) Oh, I think so. And it's so nice to look at that area when you're done and you're like, oh my gosh, I have a clean shelf or whatever. Yes, exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. So Kayla, thank you so much again for joining us on the podcast. I'm going to link all of your information in the show notes, but where can our listeners find you? Yeah. So um, I have a podcast called the Unrooted Mama Podcast, and you can find that on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I have a website, unrootedmama.com, and I have my freebies on there and blog posts and all of my podcast episodes on there too. But I'm probably the most active on Instagram. So my Instagram handle as is at Unrooted Mama. Wonderful. We'll be sure to include all of that. And I just want to thank you again so much for sharing your time and your wisdom with us tonight. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. I appreciate it so much. That was Kayla Rogers from Unrooted Mama. Now, I loved how actionable her advice really is, and I've already started to slowly make some adjustments in my own home. If you guys remember, one of my New Year's resolutions for this year was to live more sustainably, and this conversation with Kayla has really helped me to get the ball rolling. So I have linked all of Kayla's information in the show notes, including her free Unrooted Living Guide and the other resources and apps that she mentioned during this episode. Be sure to check out her podcast, Unrooted Mama, and subscribe for more helpful tips on minimalism, intentional living, and so much more. As always, I love hearing your feedback. If there is a topic that you want to learn more about in a future episode, you can always shoot me a DM at Wellness and Wanderlust blog on Instagram or email me at Valerie at wellnessandwanderlust.net. If you liked this episode, please rate and review the show. It helps others find it and share it with a friend that you think would enjoy. Thank you again for joining us today, and I will see you next week.